three, two, one. Episode 102 of the MLS Aces podcast. This is your host, Tom Sweezy. I am joined by Jason V. Vang, the happiest guy on the fucking planet. <laughs> Jason, how you doing? It's been uh, a great day, I must say. <laughs> hey, that right. I'm, I'm back to the in such a good mood? <laughs> uh, well, because uh, there's some Champions League today, and a little something happened where Liverpool came back from a... 3-0 deficit and beat Barcelona. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people counted them out. I mean, kind of myself included a little bit. No, um, I mean, if you listen to episode one of your brand new podcast with Sam and myself, I think you definitely heard all of us count uh, count them out. Definitely. So, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy, but it's exciting. So, Champions League final, here we come. A few things there. Um, one, we have a new podcast out. If you didn't uh, get the memo last week, name is still TBD. But <laughs> we're by, getting closer. I think by Thursday, we're, we're going to have a final decision. And a uh, you know, it's out on the MLS Aces podcast stream, episode one. But I think you know, once we have a name, then I'm going to get it up on its own thing, and you can yeah, you know yeah, yeah. Uh, subscribe to it separately there. So be on the lookout for that. Check out all the social media. You can follow it right now on Twitter at TBD SockPod. Uh, just a little kind of uh, holding place or holding spot on Twitter before we uh, get the real thing up and running. But like I said, this is not anything about European soccer. This is all American soccer. And we mentioned MLS, let's go. <laughs> MLS, US Open Cup on tonight forward. Madison up 2 nothing right now in the 81st minute. That's what I like to hear. Let's go, loons. I mean, <laughs> fucking not loons. That's whoa. Uh, let's it's go okay. make they're, this. They're like sister teams or whatever. Yeah, yeah they're, they're close enough. It's fine. Uh, it's a bird. Um, <laughs> mentioned him before, but Uncle Sam is not with us tonight and he will not be joining us late like usual. Um, he had I some think that was the first time you mentioned it, but. Well, I, I said his name before. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that's what I was saying. Is we, we, we mentioned Sam before. Oh, we mentioned um, him. We, we talked of Sam before. Yes, <laughs> we have spoken of <laughs> Sam before. Um, so Sam had some shit to take care of. So hopefully he can be back for Thursday's episode of uh, the TBD Soccer Podcast. But um, tonight we're talking about MLS. We're talking about shit flying around MLS. And this episode of the MLS Aces podcast is brought to you by Roughneck Scarves and Golden Gold Press. I'll tell you a little bit about them later on. Um, if you guys want to hear a little bit more opinions from us, you can follow um, the account on Twitter at MLS Aces, on Instagram at MLS underscore Aces. A lot of updates on the Instagram today. A lot of good opinions. Uh, I think there's a lot of good opinions between you and me. And <laughs> definitely, definitely. And if you want even more opinion from us you we have a website and it i have been updating it a little bit more and if you go on to it right now there is even a tbd soccer pod page on there for when that shit gets up and running even more but we are at www.mlsaces.com um last night i dropped my mls aces week 10 team of the week um we have a new blogger quote unquote this isn't like you know a real job but I guess if I had to call him a title, that would be his name. His name is Craig um, Moines, and he's going to be doing weekly power rankings for MLS Aces. 
Um, he is a DC United fan. He's from the Boston area. So oh, we not this is what we needed another DC fan. Yeah, he told me he's from the Boston area. I thought he was going to be a Revs fan, but you, know, <laughs> you can't even get a Revs fan out of the Boston area. Oof, um, that was harsh. <laughs> so starting off early, <laughs> you know. Welcome, Craig, to to the writing team, and we're going to get that stuff out coming out on a weekly basis. I'm going to try to put a team of the week out on a weekly basis. Get some other people to write some things and just get maybe more. I'll pepper in some articles. Yeah, whatever. You know, I've always never said, know. You know, Sam Mason, you. You guys are always free to throw in whatever you want <laughs> there. Um, but, you know, just getting more opinions and more, more you know, news up on the website, I think, is good. So, Some opinion. Why uh, you should ditch your team for the Chicago Fire? The, uh, Chicago City SC, you mean? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you got to bring me down. I got to bring you down. You're up, Peg, today. I got to bring you down. That's fair. Well, I got to break open the alcohol for the episode. <laughs> and um oh that sounded nice it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a uh, vodka so it's a little vodka for the for the night uncorking it I gotta pour out that shot i just spilled it all over my pants that was fun because well, i'm trying to bounce something. no that's fine we're, we're good <laughs> let's move to mls news and i feel like the mls news might take up a decent portion of the show so if we don't get to every single game this week i'm fucking okay with it um yeah and some teams are just meh anyway exactly and you know i think we can tie in some games to some of the news and and, you know vice versa um so the the transfer deadline for major league soccer was today uh tuesday and a lot of names flying around a lot of names that even after we you know hit end on this podcast recording where i'm sure reports will come out tomorrow saying that the deal was you know finalized before the deadline but gentlemen's agreement that's what they always do Shit was going to come out afterwards. So let's start with the um, the oldest piece of news that we didn't get a touch on last episode. That was Minnesota United sending over center back, left back, whatever you want to call him, Francisco Calvo, to your Chicago Fire. I fucking emphasize your again for no reason. <laughs> to, to your Chicago Fire for $400,000 in total. Total allocation money. Um, Calvo had 60 games under uh, Adrian Heath in Minnesota United from 17 to 2019. He was an all-star last year. And the, the I know before we go on about the comments he made about Adrian Heath, I want to hear your opinion of the move since you are a uh, Chicago Fire fan. So I mean, it's no surprise like I that we needed help at the back line. I think I think this defensive help is the most important thing to the fire. Fire right now. Not like we've talked so, about. So, <laughs> like pretty much every time we bring up the fire, we have to mention the fact that their back line is is pretty trash. much like we got Kapelhoff, who I'm I'm very like I like, and then Marcelo's had a like a couple good games, but he's not super consistent. And then our fullbacks have been just just terrible. So, uh. This move, like, it's obviously, like, they, they see the issue, and at least they're trying to do something about it. I, I know he's had more recently some, some trouble, I'd say, and not as much play time, but I think part of that could go with, you know, you, you said you're going to mention the comments in a little bit, but part of it just seems like he, he kind of fell out of favor with, with Minnesota, and that was, like, impacting how he played, so... I'm hoping that the change of scenery will be really big, really, really impactful for him. And we might see, you know, a guy really turn the Chicago Chicago season, you know, up a notch. 
because we have we have what it takes to be I think in my opinion a playoff team like with our front you know three to six players you know up there but the defense just you can't rely on them and then and hopefully this move is is going to help that yeah, um, I mean, I agree, and I guess I'll just transition over into the comments that uh, Calvo made about Adrian Heath and his time at Minnesota United, I guess, the last, um, you know, I guess, few seasons. Um, he made a comment saying he threw me in the trash, and that was related to him playing out of position because Calvo plays center back for the Costa Rican national team. Um, he played center back at Saprissa, I'm pretty sure he played at before um, Minnesota. And when he came to Minnesota, he played at left back. And I guess that wasn't a, uh, you know, a favorable move for him. And at times he did look a little lost at left back. And at times, you know, he looked maybe like he didn't really give a shit because he's playing out of position, which isn't right on his behalf. But I also get being frustrated with the head coach that also I'm not a big Adrian Heath guy. I think that's uh, tactically wise. He he's lost at times. So I can maybe understand Calvo being frustrated with Heath. Um, so I, I get that there. But that my my question to you here is that if Calvo wants to be playing center back, uh, can you see the fire maybe going to a back three, maybe going to something where Calvo still playing center back, but in a back three, maybe on the left side of a back three and then kind of getting more of those attackers, like you said, up into, you know, up into better spots. I mean, yeah, I definitely think if he if he's like I'm playing center back and regardless like if you play me as anything else like i'm just gonna play like shit or want to leave again or not care <laughs> like then yeah you, you you gotta you know make make some changes he he has the talent obviously to be like a great you know defender in the mls in mls so uh i think you you kind of have to it or move some pieces around maybe make i guess they can't really make any more moves but there's there's always options to to make a player like Calvo happy in in a spot that he can you know thrive in, and I think for a guy of his talent, you you just you have to do that. You have to put everything you can, especially for a team like the Fire who have been just sort of struggling on defense and in it's just a, a glaring hole in their roster. Yeah, I think they just have to address it the best they can and hope that Calvo really puts his all into it. I mean, it's a, it's a new team. Sometimes that's like a big, a big difference for a player. They just go somewhere else and, and really thrive. So if a back three is necessary, I think they should go to it. And I feel like some of our wing players could probably play those, you know, wing back positions and still do like, I, I feel like Katai could probably track back a little bit maybe, or Frankowski Polish Frank. So I do think we have the talent to be able to do a back three. I mean, I we can translate that into the Fires game this week because you made a good point of some of the wing wingers playing wing back and um Frankowski played right back this week for for um fucking Pano Paolo <laughs> can't say his name, whatever. Pan- Panovich or whatever. Yeah. Thank you, Panovich and uh, <laughs> and the fire. So he played right back and did a pretty good job at slowing down Diego Rossi. Um, pretty good. Bro, this guy's been scoring at <laughs> <like> insane. 
right. I'm biased. Pretty, pretty good as in you held the best team in Major League Soccer to a 0-0 draw and your second straight shutout. Um, Calvo got his debut in the game against LAFC. Um, Usted made some killer saves. And honestly, for a game between LAFC and the Chicago Fire, I really didn't think it was going to be a great defensive effort, but what a defensive game. And it was, it was an exciting zero zero game to me, at least. And I'm coming from uh, a standpoint of, I'm not a fan of either of these teams. what do you think? Uh, of the- wait, okay. wait, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. as I was saying it, I was waiting for the comment. Wait, 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 wait. You're, you're what? Not a fan of either of these two teams. I'm about to rip a shot of vodka so you can talk. Um, so, A, first off, I would just like to say that in our, uh, MLS Aces Derby rankings, I definitely should have one point now because I beat your team, You but you you shouldn't get a point because you only get a point per one team and you already chose NYCFC for that. You can't have two teams, but since you do, like... (laughs) The, the results that are good for me and Sam will get points, but the results that are good for you only will be New York, New York points. You if know that what? any sense, I feel like that I just kind of talked and most people won't understand what I just said. It's, if, you know, if you listen to like any past episode, you understood it. <laughs> That's so true. Go back and listen to more episodes, people. <laughs> but... Anyway, yeah, I agree that the defense was the effort was there. It was really nice to see. I honestly did not have very high hopes going against LAFC because obviously <laughs> LAFC is a phenomenal goal scoring team and the Fire like we've we've said before have had their defensive struggles. So, it was a little worrying, but the to get the draw to really, you know, play hard for 90 minutes is is impressive and I think it's it's a a good game to build upon a good confidence builder I think for a lot of these guys taking a LAFC team who's scoring like four five six seven eight nine like 20 goals in per game (laughs) at this point and holding them to zero honestly I'm, I'm very impressed yeah, I mean, look, you're not like uh, you're over exaggerating with the amount of goals that LAFC scored, but like <laughs> not really at the same exact time, and that's the sad part. Um, like LAFC fucking scores goals, and to hold them to zero zero is ridiculously amazing. Um, well, especially so- for a team that is like cleared, not there's the de- defense is not their biggest strength. Yeah, but you know what? At the end of the day, the fire. Yeah, they've they have four points in their last four games. Not great, and they've lost NYCFC. They've lost to Montreal. They beat Colorado, so nothing crazy there. And they just drew LAFC. But maybe you know what? Maybe with some with the addition of Calvo and with some changes going on and some positive play coming back with some of these players, like like um, Frankowski being back healthy now for good, maybe shit will be good. You know, I don't know. I, I have some confidence in Chicago, and, and I think especially in the Eastern Conference, and I might say this a lot this episode, but in the Eastern Conference where a lot of teams aren't that good, and I think there's room for teams to kind of take opportunity with that, um, you know, why not? Fuck it. Go out and get some points <laughs> while everyone else is sucking. I think, 
<laughs> they can sort of pull like a what the Sounders seem to always do and not have the best start, but finish strong. I feel like this is a team that is going to kind of find what works for them, and it's just going to kind of slowly happen. And then once it clicks, like we're really going to see a, a change. Now, this is not a Chicago Fire podcast, but we <laughs> but do it have can to be. We can be, but we do have to move on. <laughs> and before we move on, I do want to say that congratulations to Forward Madison on winning their first ever U.S. Open Cup game two nothing. Let's go! Uh, I can't wait to go to a game. Yeah, I like. We need to actually like you know plan this out behind. Yeah, the we got it. We got to think about it. Yeah, you know, I, I I would honestly I would think about driving it, but that's like a sixteen hour drive, and I don't know. If, I'll like, come pick you up. <laughs> yeah, I'll stop in Chicago. You pick me up from there. No, no, no. I meant I'll come pick you up. Oh, you're driving to New York and then driving back. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's go. I'll do that. Makes sense. You don't want to drive. <laughs> I'll Venmo you like 200 bucks and let's just do it. All right. And you buy all the beer. Fuck yeah. That's a deal. All right. Let's move on to the Portland Timbers. They have a lot of game news and a lot of player news surrounding them. Um, Let's start with the player news, though. Uh, They have sold, traded, transferred, whatever you want to say. Defensive midfielder David Guzman to the Columbus crew for an international roster spot. Guzman has been with the Timbers since 2017 and played 44 games with them. He scored four goals in his time there, but as a defensive midfielder or even a box-to-box guy he's played at times, he's not really out there to score goals. He's out there to kind of make a defensive uh, difference. He made it to MLS Cup last year with the Timbers as a starter, but now he heads to Columbus to reunite with former head coach Caleb Porter. Um... I mean, I'm, I'll start here with this. I, I'm i a big David Guzman fan, uh, Guzman fan, and I think that he was his most productive in Major League Soccer under Caleb Porter, and I think that Porter recognizes that, and I think that Guzman fell out of favor with Gio Savarisi, and I love Porter bringing him in. I was never crazy about Will Trapp playing next to Artur, and Will Trapp playing the, next to David Guzman uh, sounds fantastic, in my opinion. And the Columbus crew kind of need any help they can, talent-wise. And I don't know. I think this is just a good move for the crew. You're not giving up a crazy amount with an international roster spot. Savarisi's giving up a guy who he barely played anyway, so fuck it. Um, I don't know. Do you have any opinions of the move? Um, I Honestly, I I agree with you pretty much, but I just think this is a a good move for both teams. I mean, I think it was clear that Portland kind of wasn't, you know, using Guzman as much and not, not, you know, the way maybe they would have liked to see him play and stuff. And I think going to play for his old coach, like you said, and Caleb Porter, like that can really only be a good thing. I mean, I, I guess it could go wrong, but like the, like, I think it's a good situation for him, and it's a good situation for Portland. I, I honestly just think this is a good move all around. Portland needed to change some stuff up, um, and Guzan is going to benefit, in my I think, from going to play for Porter again. No, definitely. And, I mean, while we're talking about player moves with Portland, we'll, we'll talk about their big move of the week. Um, they they finally went out and they signed that forward, Brian Fernandez from Nick, uh, Nick Oxford. We knew it was coming. 
And I mean, I didn't think it was coming. I said that last week, but it, it happened. And I was very surprised when it happened. Um, Sian Fernandez as a DP player. If you don't know much about Brian Fernandez, many people, not many people, I read a few spots that people said he was the second most talented scorer in Liga Mekis. Um, he's a 24-year-old, 24-year-old Argentinian, um, played in Liga Mekis between 2018 and this season where he scored 16 goals in 30 games. That's not bad. Um, played at Racing Club in the Argentinian First Division, had 15 games there. Went out on loan while he was at Racing Club to uh, Sarmiento, which is in Argentina as well. Three goals in five games. Went out on loan to Mentz in um, France. Had zero goals in seven games, but I don't know. Maybe that just didn't... I like the transition over to Europe. I don't know. And then in 2018, he played at Union La Carrera and had 11 goals in 12 games in uh, the Chilean League. So, Jason, is he is he the... The, the number nine up top is he going to replace Abobasi? Is he playing on the wing and Abobasi is playing up top? What do you what do you think? I think uh, Abobasi's got to move to the wing. He's got to play up top as a number nine. I mean, this guy you just spent or Abobasi like, just moving to the bench. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's possible too. But uh, this, I mean, they spent. I don't. I don't think the for for sure like whatever numbers came out, but. Probably like multiple millions on him. DP and, money, you know, either yeah, decent amount. So yeah, a decent amount of money for a guy who is like a proven goal scorer. I mean, you just read the list off. He he scored pretty well in most leagues he's played <laughs> in, besides in France. And I mean, maybe that was just because maybe he didn't like France, whatever. But. uh I think he's got to start. I mean, I think he's got to be their their number nine, their number one guy up top, who they're pretty much feeding balls into all game. And it's a big move. I actually think this is a good move for them. Dude's obviously a good scorer. And he's young. Yeah, and he's young. I mean, you have a, what do you say, 24 years old? 24. Yeah, 24-year-old Argentinian, like, Sign me up. I want to watch this guy play. I think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to be... I don't know if it'll be like Yosef good, but that's a that's a high bar to... Uh, I mean, look, there's a track record of very good Argentinians in Major League Soccer, and he's going to have one playing right behind them in Diego Valeri. Um, so I, I'm excited about this. I said last week that I, you and Sam were very confident that Portland can move up the table and be a playoff team in the West. I came out. Did this change what, uh, what you think now? Yeah. Yeah. And said that I didn't think they were going to get a deal for a number nine done, a DP level number nine done. And that was my thinking of me saying they weren't going to be a playoff team was I didn't think they were going to get this done. Now that they actually have it done, I think that Portland can be a seven to five playoff team. I still don't I still don't trust their defense. And I will say that till I'm blue in the face. I don't trust the defense whatsoever, but they're going to be able to score goals if this guy is legit and he is what he is. And out of everything we've seen in the past and reports I'm reading on him, he is that guy. So I think Portland can be a seven to five playoff team, and that's where I'm going to stick them. And I don't see it moving much. But 
Going back to the move, I'm reading it was a reported transfer fee of around $10 million. Oof. Decent little chunk of change for the Timbers. <laughs> Decent little chunk of change. Hopefully it's money well spent. Uh, I just want to add, yeah. right now Portland sits in ninth with 10 points. Um, nine games played. Real Salt Lake have 10 points, but 10 games played. Uh Kansas City has 10 points, and they're in, in ninth right now. So, But, I mean, they're tied, really, with 10 points. Um, goal differential kind of hurts them. But I honestly think they can – they could definitely get up to fifth. I think the West is pretty, pretty uh, solid, especially those top, like, three to four teams. Yeah. But, I mean, right now, Real Salt Lake's above them. They just beat them. Uh, the earthquakes are above them. Who have, on a tear. have had some good games on a tear? You can say it. <laughs> they, no, they they're playing very well. I'm very impressed with them. But uh, I, if they're a playoff team at the end of the season, who knows? <laughs> I don't see them really getting higher than the seventh spot, just based on their talent. When Kansas City gets healthy again, because they're just decimated. I mean, I still see them as a, a playoff spot. So some of these teams have to probably drop down for that to work. But I, I definitely see Portland making a little run here. I mean, they haven't even played a home game yet. So we're talking midseason when they're all really, like, hitting their stride possibly, and then they go home. And I don't know. I think, I think we could see something uh, pretty – I don't know. No, I mean, look, like Portland, they started the season with a draw and then went on a five-game losing streak. Now Portland, in their last three, have beaten Columbus 3-1, to one, beaten TFC 2-1, to one, and this week, we'll talk about the game now, they beat RSL 2-1. to one. Portland's on a three-game win streak on the road. That's difficult. And no, those aren't bad teams either. No, I mean, look, TFC, they're a top team in the East. RSL, for what they are, I don't think their points reflect how good of a team that that they actually are and Columbus I mean I'm not high on Columbus right now I, I think they suck but I, some people might say that it's still a Caleb Porter led team blah 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 but Portland three a three game win streak on the road they haven't looked extremely dominant but you know what they get the points that they're getting the points at the end of the day and that's all that matters um so like I said, this week Portland defeated RSL two to one on the road. Blanco and Valeri had the goals for Portland. Sam Johnson had the uh, had the lone goal for RSL. I really took away two things here, and this kind of transition maybe over into a little RSL talk. But Steve Clark absolutely saved the fucking day for the Timbers in this one, and I think has won the starting goalkeeper job over Jeff Antonella, which blows my mind because you know Antonella was the guy in net for their last season. For a MLS. long time. Exactly. And he started the season not too strong. Steve Clark, a experienced veteran backup, and he's won the job. He had a penalty kick save in this one. I think he recorded. I'm not exactly sure the exact number. I think it was six saves and RSL had their chances. It's not like they didn't. Um, Sam Johnson, like I said, had the one goal for RSL. And he came out after the game saying he's not he's not happy with the, uh, where he is with the team. He doesn't think that the management and the players have trust in them and trust him in him. And, um, you know, he said he's I think it was something like he's just running around up there. and No one's making the passes to me. I'm a striker. I need to be scoring goals. And I get 
that Mike Pecky and RSL management is probably not happy with their DP striker coming out and being very vocal, saying, I'm not happy here and I want to score goals and my teammates can't get me the ball. But I don't blame Sam Johnson as well. He's had nine games this season. He started five of them, has three goals on eight total shots on the season. He's a DP level striker for a reason. I'm not saying every single DP works out, but he's proven it. Uh, I think in his very limited time frame, he's proven it. And I don't know if it's RSL players not being talented enough to get him the ball or if maybe he hasn't meshed with this team yet. But I don't also think it's a good thing that your DP striker is kind of unhappy after nine games. No, it's definitely not a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) It it is 1000% like complete understand why uh, Mike Pecky would not be happy with those comments. But I don't blame uh, the guy. I mean, it, yeah, it's it's he doesn't have the easiest, I guess. He he hasn't had, you know, the best service and stuff. But I don't know. Sometimes I feel like you got to know when to make those comments public and make those comments to your teammates behind closed doors. And maybe this was one of those times where he should have just went to his his coach, went to his teammates, and tried to figure something out before – just putting it all out there for the fans because once you do that, I mean, there's, there's no really coming back from that. No, I mean, for sure. Uh, it's RSL seems to have issues with their strikers. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember a few years ago, Yoram of Sissian had an issue um, with RSL and how he was being played. And then there was another Spanish striker that they brought in. I think it was two years ago or last year that left after like two games or something because he was having issues with the team. Maybe RSL should just stop going after strikers. I don't know. <laughs> There's going to be the no striker team. Yeah, we'll just, you... just get defenders so that, you know, no one can... Uh score but they also won't score or just just get draws all the time bring up a striker through the academy maybe that's the plan don't don't go out and sign them i like that idea actually (laughs) it's an academy yeah why not um let's move on to another mls acquisition today uh atlanta united acquired midfielder winger justin miram from the columbus crew that we talked about before um for a return of some allocation money and a 2020 super draft pick Justin Miram hasn't had the easiest of times lately. He's 30 years old currently, still playing for the Iraqi national team, and had a very good um, tournament in Africa a few months ago. I'm not sure the name of the tournament. I said it on the podcast a while ago. Don't was it the Cup of Nations or something? No, it was like remember it was like the Friendship Cup or some shit like that, and like you were laughing or Sam was. I don't remember what it was, <laughs> it was some weird ass fucking. Sounds name. about right. Sounds yeah. about right. <laughs> so I I pulled out this fact about Justin Miram and. I I know you're reading it right now, but I want to talk about it. So from 2011 to 2017, Justin Miram played 188 MLS games, had 37 goals and 33 assists. He was a very good winger, a top-of-the-line winger, midfielder, whatever the fuck you want to call him. So from when he left the crew to go to Orlando City last offseason, from the time he's at now with Atlanta United, 35 total games, two goals and four assists. His drop-off from 2017 to now has been, like, astronomically bad. And I don't know if it's the lack of talent around him. I don't know if it's his lack of confidence. I know that he had issues with some racism down in Orlando City, and that's why he wanted out, and he got out. 
And like, not that he deserves that, but maybe that shook him up a little bit. I don't know. And now he's moving on to Atlanta United, where I can't help but think he's going to be a depth piece for the team. And maybe having some very good, talented players around him with at Atlanta United, even though they're not top of the table, they have super talent on the team. Maybe that'll help his confidence. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I think... You wrote down depth piece here. I definitely think he's just coming in for depth. Obviously, Barco right. is, is uh, what do you say? He's not a starter, right? Oh, no. I mean, I think, well, Barco's at the, uh, what what tournament is it? U20 World Cup? Yeah. I think he, he probably starts during that, but, uh, or at least is, like, heavily used as a sub. But he's definitely more of a piece that they can use as depth and not, you know, their number one option. Like, they didn't get him thinking he's going to be playing every week. I mean, I definitely wouldn't think so. Or he's like that first guy off the bench every single week, whatever it may be. But I don't know. I, I'm a big Justin Miram guy. I'm a fan of his, and I want him to, to do well. But I just, I don't know. I, mean, I, I, I don't see it. It's really kind of sad, I mean, to see how, how great he was. And then just, like, that drop-off that's just I don't unexplainable, really. Like, a drop-off that big is just, like, what, what happened? Like, there's got to be something going on. Exactly. And, I mean, like, he, maybe we don't he, know. He hit, he hit 29. It was just like, nope, I'm done. That could be. I <laughs> mean, maybe he was just, like, just like tired of it all. It's just like, yeah. I'll yeah. just Spend out the rest of my time. We'll see what happens. I don't know. All right. Well, the team he's going to now, Atlanta United, had a pretty good week. Maybe a confidence-boosting game. Um, they went to Sporting Kansas City and won 3 nothing on the road. 39th-minute goal from Yosef Martinez, a 47th-minute goal from Ezekiel Barco, and a 76th-minute goal from Yosef Martinez, assisted by Ezekiel Barco. Um, Barco looked like that dude last game, like, his he had Barco a shot really good. His shot in the 39th minute bounced out to Joseph Martinez. I want to give him a fucking two assists and a goal in this game, but I, that's not <laughs> how it works. But you know, as soon as Barco starts to find some form, they're losing him for a few games, like you said, due to the U20 World Cup. So that's perfect timing for Atlanta. Um, maybe their fucking star DP midfielder, PT Martinez, can actually record a goal or, or an assist. Um, <laughs> But, you know, Barco, I think losing him is going to be tough. But maybe Yosef found some some confidence, found some 2018 form with a brace in this one. Not that Sporting Kansas City is super much of, of competition right now due to all their injuries. But I think Atlanta United might be trending in the right direction. Two wins right now. Um against Sporting Kansas City and against Colorado. Not like that's super difficult again, but they're coming up against some TFC um, at home, Orlando City at home, and then they go up to Vancouver. So there's some chance chances for some points in the next few games. I'm viewing Atlanta United on the rise right now. I don't know about you. I am as well. I, I think that I don't know what happened at the start of this season. Maybe it was the new coach. Maybe it was losing Almiron and some other guys. But I think they're starting to figure a little bit out. It, it's a lot of pressure, I think, from going from this like unbelievable like powerhouse team to just like 
losing your coach, losing your best player. I mean, that's that's a really, really big change. So it, it was always going to take time. I think a lot of people just assume they would kind of jump right from the gate and be the best team again. But, I mean, obviously, Pity hasn't played to what they paid for. And uh, hopefully that changes. But Barco has really picked it up. And he's starting to look like like a really good player. And so, like when they signed him last year, I think he was one of the highest paid. Or he highest was chance. highest purchase. Yeah, for MLS. Just, yeah. Is he still? I uh, don't know. I'm not sure if still, but he was fifteen million dollars, I think. Yeah, so I mean, he's he's young. He's under twenty. Is he still nineteen? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, I'll look it up. But he's eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. So I mean. You're getting a really young kid. You paid $15 million for. Oh, he is 20. I apologize. He is 20, 20. So, I mean, he's still very young, very good. Someone that I would think it eventually will probably move on from MLS. Um, but currently, like, he's starting to show why they, they valued him at $15 million. And if he can keep this up, obviously he's going away but at least he's still kind of playing so it, i mean he's at the world cup or yeah the u20 world cup so it's not like he's just sitting on his ass so i mean it's it's gonna be tough to lose him but hopefully he can come back and kind of jump right back in no definitely and i mean looking at sporting kansas city just not a healthy team whatsoever at this point i think i counted eight people on the uh, on the injury report last time I checked for Sporting Kansas City they could only put five players on the bench in their game against the land United so things not great for SKC right now a team that had tons of talent and we praised them I mean I, I don't know about we but I definitely praised them on their depth to start the season and you have one two three four guys five guys out for months not even weeks months and i don't know sporting kansas city it's not looking good for you like a team that's super talented and just injury riddled yeah sporting kansas city like at one point they they had the excuse of this uh concacaf champions league but at this point it's like they're just so hurt and you can't even with the depth that they had going <laughs> it's still into the season depth. like you you can't I don't know. I don't know what else they can do, really. Like, there's there's no... They just kind of have to ride this out, hope people can come back, and hope you're still in contention for the playoffs at that point. But they've got a tough road ahead, I think. Hopefully, some of these guys can can get healthy because when they are all healthy, it's they're, they're a very fun team to watch, very enjoyable. So I just hope they can get back to that because right now it's... It's brutal for them, and it doesn't really look to be getting much better anytime soon. Or at least get like Matt Beasler back and have you like your captain on the field. That helps mm-hmm. at least a little bit, you know. But um, <laughs> whatever. There. Let's go to probably the biggest news of the week, biggest news of the day, and that comes out of Cincinnati, Ohio, where FC Cincinnati have fired head coach Alan Koch 
after 11 games of in charge of the MLS side and the expansion MLS side. Um, so if you don't know much about Alan Koch, he was the FC Cincinnati USL manager in 2017 and 2018. Um, in 2017, he led FC Cincinnati to their amazing US Open Cup run, beating the fire, beating the crew, um, beating Miami FC, I think was the other team. And then they lost to the Red Bulls in the semifinals. They made the USL playoffs that season as well. In 2018, he won the USL regular season with FC Cincinnati, and he won manager, the USL manager of the year. Um, things haven't gone well for FC Cincinnati to start the season. I think it was there at two wins, two losses, and seven. Uh, sorry, two wins, two draws, and seven losses. Right now, they are on a five-game losing streak after losing two games this week. Um, what did you make of the Alan Koch firing before we kind of dive deeper into it? I mean, I was pretty surprised, to be honest. Like, first of all, this is definitely the fastest anyone has been fired for an expansion team. Definitely. Um, so right there is pretty surprising. But honestly, like, they they have definitely had a tough, tough time so far. Like, they look to be, like, okay towards the beginning of the season. I mean, through four games, they lost one, draw, drew one, and won twice. And then shit kind of hit the fan. And <laughs> in their last, what is that, seven games, they have one point. Like, that is just terrible. So It's definitely not great. <laughs> not great understatement right here. Tom with the understatement. But I guess it's it it's surprising in a sense that like I just didn't think they had the balls to do it. But it's not surprising that it happened. I think it's more surprising just because they are the expansion team and you just expect yeah. them to be like, you know, it might not work in the first season, give it a couple seasons. But honestly, like maybe this is just the way MLS kind of has changed. It's a much more com- competitive like these expansion teams are coming in ready to go we see we saw Atlanta obviously come in ready LAFC in their second season has looked really good Minnesota obviously took a much longer time to get even decent um but maybe this this is just part of like there's no more room for like you just paid all this money to be an MLS team like they want to see results and they want to see it you know right away so i think part of it might be because of this this new like the new MLS i guess with all this competition from teams expecting to come into the league early and be good pretty much right away no, definitely and i think that on top of just the production on the field. Alan Koch was just getting outmanaged every single game, in my opinion. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week, but the best player on, on FC Cincinnati is Kenny Saif, and he's been absolutely lost since the first, I don't know, two, three, four weeks of the season. Um, it's not good when you have a guy coming over from Europe and he was a star in his European team, and he comes to MLS, and gets completely lost in the side. Um, but on top of that, various reports have been coming out of FC Cincinnati saying it wasn't a firing due to production on the field. It was a firing due to him losing the locker room, due to him losing cult- the culture of FC Cincinnati. I feel and- like that's the same thing in a little bit. It kind of yeah. goes hand in hand. I think so, definitely. I think players start getting frustrated and not believing in the head coach when you're not performing. 
and then they're not willing to play as hard for him from there. No, exactly. In some cases, I completely, I completely agree with that. And because I thought, like right away, it was it was an interesting fire. Why give this guy an entire off season to construct a roster, a brand new roster from scratch, the way he wants it, and you only give him eleven games before you fire him? Like that that that's just strange to me because mm-hmm. like especially with an expansion side like you you're creating this shit from start you're creating from whatever you want from start and you only give him 11 games even though like i said he was being clearly out coached out positionally playing uh placing his players and now with the news of he was losing players attention in the locker room a lot of former players and i have like a little hookup inside fc cincinnati Ooh, i do weird subtle I, do. Flex. I, I can't I, it's, 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 it's a little, you know, brush off the shoulders. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I have a little hookup inside FC Cincinnati. And there were a lot of former USL level players who played under Koch and current MLS players um, bashing Koch and saying that, you know, he was didn't know what he was doing, pretty much. Like, I'll summarize it as quickly as I can. He didn't know what he was doing as a manager. And that's not great. <laughs> and then, you know, maybe I can understand the firing of him that way, you know, a lot more. Um, uh-huh. So we can touch on FC Cincinnati. There are two losses this week because it kind of leads into conversations about some better teams. They lost Wednesday night 2 nothing to the Union. Casper Przlinko. Uh, he scored, and so did Fafa P. Colt against FC Cincinnati in this one. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I know, like, we're talking about how bad they are, but Philly got down to their third string goalkeeper in this game, and FC Cincinnati couldn't put a goal across the board. P. Colt and Przlinko, I'm going to go with, they were on fire the entire game. FC, uh, the Union were putting so many shots on target, and honestly, uh, Titan was keeping them in it, and he was making some great saves, but after a certain point when Kendall Waston is at man marking, and Union players are getting free runs in the box, they're gonna score, and that's just what happened. Um, I just want to add to this, like, goal, like, obviously, what you just said about Cincinnati not scoring, Let's just read like the results from their last what is it seven? Oh, uh, they're losing streak. A, a loss two zero to Philly, uh, in end of March, starting in end of March. Okay, uh, then a draw to Kansas City one one, lost two zero to LAFC, lost three zero to RSL, lost one zero to the Red Bulls, lost two zero to Philly, lost one zero to San Jose. They've scored one goal in seven games. That's awful. And if you want to go back, I don't think anything games, else needs to be said. To be honest, three goals in eight games, five goals in nine games. That like it's not good. Like clearly, SC Cincinnati and them purchasing fifteen defensive midfielders, not the greatest. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ! They've uh, allowed twelve goals in that time too in those seven games. So twelve goals allowed, one goal scored. That. That's going to hurt the goal differential. <laughs> it's it's definitely just not good. And then, you know, um, we'll say that the second game for them this week, they lost 1-0 to San Jose, a uh, 22nd-minute goal from Nick Lima. They had a chance to score and tie late at the end, but Daniel Vega had a huge save to keep three points for San Jose at home. Um, you know, not much to say 
there besides San Jose is playing well. Almeida's system is playing well. But Cincinnati is just trash right now. And I hope that, you know, the interim manager, I don't know his name off the top of my head right now. I hope that he kind of brings in a little culture change, maybe a little different change on the field. He's the, uh, he's the youngest. I think I read this today. He's the youngest uh, person to ever manage at MLS side. I think he's 29 years old. Yeah, he's he's extremely young. And I mean, like, look, if it works out, it works out. But I don't think this guy is the future. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm just going to. Just gonna throw toss that little fucking hat in the in the ring. He's not gonna there. pull think... a, a Ole. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not gonna pull an Ole and uh, just start dominating right away, and then get the full time job, and then suck afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but just... um, but th- let's talk about the Union quick. So the Union won, like I said, two nothing against. Wait, 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 wait! I had one more point about oh. San Jose. Yes, they're like the reverse Cincinnati right now. <laughs> <laughs> like started off the season with a bunch of losses, but their last four win, draw, draw, win against so, good ass teams too. Yeah, no, no, no sleepers here. Kansas City, not, Seattle, not they drew. Dallas, they drew. Both of those are really good draws. And they lost two one to Houston before that. Houston's a fucking good team, and only losing by one goal is what it is. So good on you, San Jose. Um, San Jose. Yeah, exactly. We're not even trying to be nice to him at this point. Like, it's, no, dude, you're, you're just, actually doing it for them. You're making us. Of. You're making us be nice to you. That's what I was pushing <laughs> for all off season. Um, let's talk so the union though. Time. The union had some injury issues currently right now. Um, Andre Blake done the game against FC Cincinnati. Backup goalkeeper Matt Breeze went out with an injury. They were down to third string goalkeeper Carlos. Um, who they signed in the offseason, had a pretty good half a game against FC Cincinnati. And then the Union had a Saturday game against um, New England that they won 6-1, to one, and we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> but, you know, one goal allowed in that one, and he had a plenty of saves. He was personally my, you know, goalkeeper of the week. I named him on the uh, team of the week that I posted on the website. Um, I thought he had a fantastic week, and... I mean, just props to the guy for fucking stepping up. I mean, definitely. I mean, Philly just—they're they good. Look, they look good. They—they they look good. <laughs> <laughs> one like, loss in the, to say, right? One loss in nine since losing two to start the season. That—that's nothing to to sleep on. That's that's very good. We're, they sit right now. They're first. Oh, they're in first. Yeah, they're first in the East, man. Wow, tied tied on points with DC. Just and right. I didn't I didn't think I would be this confident in Philly. And we'll talk about the game against New England right now. And yes, it's against New England, the second <laughs> worst team in Major League Soccer. And that's not really saying much because the Rapids don't have a fucking win, but. Philly won six to one. Wait, wait, did you say New England was the worst team? No, I said New England's the second worst team. Oh, oh. the Rapids, who still don't have a fucking win. That's that's what I was saying. Yeah. But um, Philly, I'm not gonna say all the goals that were scored, but Harris Madunjian had two assists. Elsino had a goal and an assist. Sergio Santos had two goals. Um, Preslinko, whatever his name is, he had uh, you know a goal after following a goal um, on Wednesday night. Um, this Philly team is just playing well. They have guys who aren't 
normal starters stepping up. Um, they don't, don't even have their fucking DP Mexican midfielder playing right now or their superstar Jamaican goalkeeper starting right now. And they're still, you know, getting points when they should. And I'm just I don't like I don't want to just keep pounding that I'm so surprised about New England, but I'm so fucking I mean about Philly, but I'm so surprised about Philly. I mean, hey, they just play together and there's no stopping them when when you have a team that kind of knows exactly where they need to be, what they need to do to be successful. Like you never know where they can end up. They don't need to have the greatest, you know, most talented roster to be successful. And I think that's kind of clearly showing it's that Philadelphia grit. (laughs) That's what it is. Like, I mean, like I hate Philly and most other sports. Like I'm a Mets fan. Fuck the Phillies. But like, Like, this team is showing that, like, that legit Philadelphia grit that, you know, I'm not going to say all the players have because a lot of these guys don't know what the hell that even means. But you're coming out and you're beating the teams you should at home, New England and Cincinnati. They had a tough draw away at Vancouver the week before that, and then they beat Montreal at home, which Montreal is sitting atop the Eastern Conference as well. So good on you, um, Philly. New England, you fucking suck, and we're never going to talk about you <laughs> suck this much. I mean, uh, we, we said that with uh, San Jose a little bit. Yeah, so, okay, maybe I'll, I'll keep riding. Um, I'll keep riding New England until they're good, but I have a feeling Colorado might be fucking good before New England. Ooh, that's, <laughs> that's a big one. Now, we, we can talk about Colorado a little bit because this I game... I mean, should we? I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the game really quickly because I want to talk about Vancouver. That, that's pretty much why I'm bringing up Colorado. It's just all about Vancouver. <laughs> it's um, just a segue to, to get to <laughs> Vancouver. So Colorado had their first game with Connor Casey in charge of the Rapids. Um, they lost at home 2-3 to three to Vancouver, which I don't know if Vancouver could score three goals in a game, but they did. <laughs> um, Kai Kamara had both goals for Colorado, which were both penalty kicks. Um, Freddie Montero and Lucas Benuto scored um, to start the game for Vancouver. Then a 77th minute red card from Diego Rubio, which like Colorado had momentum. Colorado looked like they were going to score. They were going to put up a game winning goal and fucking win at home. Then this stupid ass red card from Rubio where he hits Doniel Henry in the face. And in the 83rd minute, um, last Bengora puts away a goal that looked like the game sealer. VAR called it back. So it's like, Colorado, you're even getting a fucking second chance at life. <laughs> and then five minutes later, Andy Rose, of all fucking people, Andy Rose comes in and scores the game winner on you. I, I don't know. likes to shoot themselves in the foot. Like, shoot yourselves in the foot and then fucking drop the toaster in the tub. Like, that's, <laughs> that's legit what Colorado does. As they fall back from the pain of their foot. <laughs> yeah, they're like, ah, oh, shit. And then they trip, grab the toaster, and pull it in the tub with them. Like, this is like, what the fuck? Like, Colorado is just so goddamn bad, I can't get over it. I honestly didn't think they would be this bad either. I had them as a playoff team. We <laughs> all had them. No, sorry. You had, a, you had him outside the playoffs, but me and Sam had him as playoff teams. But I had him as like eighth. I you think. had him nine. Sam and I had him seven. Okay, well, I'm proud of myself, but. <laughs> I mean, you still didn't pick him to not have a fucking win through however many That's weeks. That's true. That's true. I mean, I don't think anyone thought they would be this bad. Through 10 weeks, they have two points. And they probably should have lost week one if it wasn't. <laughs> 
a snow fucking game against Portland. That's true. Like, oh my, like I'm so angry about Colorado, and I shouldn't even be spending this much time on them. Fuck. Yeah, man. Let's, just, let's just move on. They don't deserve this. Alright, I'm gonna go a little U.S. soccer nerd here with this, so you don't have to say much if you don't want to, but the Red Bulls have signed striker Tom Barlow from um, New York Red Bulls 2. Barlow currently is the golden boot leader in the USL championship with eight goals and eight games played. Um, you know, he is is a I think he was a drafted guy from the Red Bulls and currently through two between last season and this season has 15 goals and 30 games played in the USL championship so the dude's balling out with Bradley Wright Phillips out I think this was an awesome signing to promote this guy again from within like the Red Bulls do bring him to the first team and see if he can score on an MLS level and if he does then fuck me the Red Bulls just found their next fucking striker but um, (laughs) I mean I don't know if you, you, you have anything you want to say about that you want to touch the game um, all I mean, I don't I don't watch a ton of USL just because there's like so much other soccer that I spend my time watching, and just like at some point, like I just don't have enough time. <laughs> at some point, I just have to stop watching soccer. <laughs> at some point, like people look at me like I haven't have a problem. So oh my God. <laughs> all the time, she's like, "Are you ever gonna turn soccer off?" She's like, "It's always on your phone, your laptop, or the TV." I'm like. <laughs> And the problem is all at once. <laughs> but yeah, after after a little bit of time, it's like you you, you gotta you can't hit every league. So it's it's a league that I really want to get into. I just I have to figure out when <laughs> to get into it. I definitely watch it, but I don't watch it as as frequent as some other people do. Hmm. It's not an every week. Watch. I mean, I. I just all I know about this is the Red Bull have a good academy and they know what the fuck they're doing. So and Red Bull, I wouldn't be surprised if this if this kid is, you know, what like you said, the next Bradley Wright Phillips. I'd be so fucking pissed off. But <laughs> he just comes but, in and starts scoring goals like crazy. Uh, <laughs> New York's struggling. We can transition over into New York not really struggling. I mean, I kind of am still questionable on them. But this Saturday, they beat the Galaxy 3-2 at home. Um, goals for the Red Bulls came from Amaro Tarek, uh, Mark Tchaikovsky, and Derek Etienne. Again, that Etienne, another fucking internal player. Um, for the Galaxy, Uriel Antunia scored with an assist from Zlatan, and then Zlatan scored. Um, so, you know... The Galaxy's plan of just feeding Zlatan. It just fucking continues. <laughs> um, so, Zlatan's but, hungry. No, I mean, yo, the Lions hungry. <laughs> um, but the Red Bulls, honestly, like they took control of this game. They pulled off an impressive win against the Galaxy, who are a good team this year. Um, they avoided their third loss at Red Bull Arena, um, which would have tied their for most season losses at home, like they did back in 2015. And they have never lost more than three games at Red Bull Arena in a season ever. <laughs> that's um, absurd. That's a stupid fucking fact. So I mean, <laughs> that they, is absolutely absurd. <laughs> they, they still have plenty of season to break that, but that's stupid to fucking think about but um like i said it was a tough fought win for the red bulls they outbeat zlatan who was getting touches getting possession making plays and it was coming from guys like derek etienne connor laid amro Tarek, who were producing when guys like bradley wright phillips are on the bench or out hurt so I give it to the Red Bulls for winning, but I also want to say that it's tough going from West Coast to East Coast and winning in Major League Soccer. So you allowed two goals to a team coming from L.A. to New York, 
And I, you didn't super impress me. You played a tough game, but you didn't overly impress me. So I'm going to say Red Bulls are still a good team. They're still a tough team. They're still a playoff team for me. But you're not the Red Bulls of last year or two years ago or three years ago or fucking 1996. <laughs> I agree. I think they are kind of a, a lot better than, you know, how they started this season. Um, They're a team that, like, I think we all probably expected to be in the playoffs, I think pretty much everyone expects them to be back in the playoffs. They're they're a good team. They've lost, you know, a good, pretty big pieces, obviously, with our boy uh, Tyler Adams. Just lo- love to see him, you know, thriving. But <laughs> playing Rebels, Champions League. <laughs> yeah, but the Red Bulls definitely took a hit there. So, and you know, Kaku. Hitting fans in the face. That's also. just like like ridiculous. Like I think he only got suspended like two games for that, which it's kind yeah, of ridiculous. I think, I think he's back next game, I which think. is absurd. Like it, it's stupid, but you know what? The Red Bulls turning things around from early season struggles on a two game win streak. Who do they face next week? They face Montreal, which not a tough, uh, uh, not a tough place to. They're playing at home, so. They're going to probably do well and not fucking lose because they don't lose at Red Bull Arena, apparently. Um, that's, that's actually crazy. I, I've never heard that stat before, but that's... When I was reading that, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> you have like, to, like, read it twice. You have to be like, wait a second. No, no I did. Like, I read, read it, and then I was like, did I read that correctly? Like, there's no way. And then like, like, There's it. no way that's correct. <laughs> you had to have lost. Um, no, it's, that's, it's stupid fucking crazy. Um, this last player news we're going to talk about wasn't confirmed the last time I checked. So if you want to hop on Twitter real quick, Jason, and con- see if it's confirmed yet. But everyone was saying it was a done deal. The Seattle Sounders have reportedly signed back left mid, um, left mid, left back Joven Jones from Darmstadt in the German second division. Um, the 27-year-old played left back for the Sounders from 2016 to 2017, where he won MLS Cup. Played in 63 games for them, scored three goals during his time there. Then when he was sold to um, Darmstadt, he kind of transitioned from a left back to a left mid, where he played extremely well over in the Bundesliga too. Um, had 34 games for Darmstadt, where he scored six goals. So bringing him in is maybe a starting left back piece over Adam Smith, who's played phenomenally. Um, so I don't know if he's going to start over him. Maybe starting over Victor Rodriguez. I don't see you bringing in Joven Jones and putting him on the bench, but that's just me. Um, any update over there? Um, it, I mean, it looks like... So The Athletic wrote an article just six hours ago, though, that said a source confirmed on Tuesday that Seattle has signed the 27-year-old Trinidad and Tobago International from blah, 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 whatever. For the to the Sounders, so it it looks like it's pretty much a done deal. But well, it's I don't reporting it that I'm going to say it's done. The, yeah, the Athletics reporting it, it. It's probably true. There's another the Seattle Times that says Joven Jones to return to Sounders after two seasons. Okay, well, I'm going to go with it. Sounds good. Do you have any opinions on Joven Jones coming back to Major League Soccer, which I fucking love? I mean, yeah, I'm I'm very happy about it, but I don't have like any any huge opinions on it. I just I think it's a good move for Seattle. Um 
Seattle have been pretty good team so far, one of the better teams this season. So it'll be interesting to see how they use him. I mean, I guess for me it was like (laughs) the offseason where we lost Jovan Jones and Ambrose Ayungo, who, in my opinion, were the two best left backs in Major League Soccer at the time was just so sad. I don't know why it was so sad to me, but it was. And now that Jovan Jones is coming back, I'm like, fuck yeah. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm a loser like that. It's fine. No, I don't know. It's you definitely be happy about it. It's it's big. Thanks, man. I'll be happy. I'm gonna be happy over it's here. It's a big move. It's it's no small move. It's huge, just like Liverpool winning. Okay, yeah, it's huge. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> um, let's talk about Seattle's game this week. They drew at um Aliens Field. 1 1 against Minnesota. You're just doing it now. It's just bothering me. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, goals in this game came from Ike Parra in the 26th minute and Christian Roldan in the 42nd minute. Um, not a boring old 1 1 draw. There's plenty of chances from both sides. Ike Parra actually had a few chances from uh, Gregus free kicks. Um, obviously, the one goal he scored was from a Jan Gregus free kick, but he later on had one where he got a head to the I like get- how you did that. I like how you did that. What did I do? You like you like. I don't even know how to explain it. You were like, uh, oh fuck it, never mind. Yeah, I did something. I don't even know. I did it. Let's go. And <laughs> I then, just like uh, how you brought brought up the goal by saying, like, a lot of chances from Gregus to Ike Opara and also the goal. Oh yeah, okay, fuck it. I did that. Look at me. <laughs> um, and then the lone goal from Seattle came from Roll Don with an absolute fucking banger. Who? Oof, that was a nice goal. Ooh, he had the red card last week's and then got overturned, so he probably shouldn't have been playing in this one, but nah, he, he was fine to play in this one, and he was the player of the game, in my opinion. He played extremely well, and without him, Seattle probably would have lost. Um, the Loons still undefeated in their brand-new stadium. Sounders winless in their last four games. Are we seeing two teams going in opposite directions, or are we saying Minnesota's not as good as they're playing like, or Seattle's just a little slow right now, but they're still a good team. we got a bunch of different options going on. I want to hear your opinion. I think that, A, first off, Minnesota's definitely getting a boost from opening that that stadium. Without a doubt. I think that's just... Getting the D.C. boost of last year. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things that's like, now you have your own stadium. They've been playing in, like, what was it, a college stadium beforehand? Yeah, I think they were playing University of Minnesota. Yeah, so you you get a stadium, and not only do you get a, a stadium, but you get a very, very, very nice stadium, one of the nicer ones in MLS right now. So that's a, just a massive boost as is, and like it's not it's not really a surprise to me that they're performing well now with the opening of their stadium. I'll be more interested to see like how it goes, and you know three to four weeks, like once <laughs> once it the like shiny new feel wears off. And it's like, okay, you know, it's it's not all about the stadium anymore. And they're not singing Wonderwall in the... In the <laughs> well, they just sing that when they win, so... And maybe... <laughs> I'll sing it whenever. Who, I'll who, sing it whenever. Who knows? Um, but I, I'm not ready to really count out Seattle. I mean, they still only have one loss on the entire season. They've drawn three in a row, so winless now in their last four, like you said, which isn't isn't great, but... They they haven't. I mean, one of those was against LAFC, and one and one of those is against a Minnesota team who, not only did they open their 
Stadium. They they aren't a bad team. I think I think we had them in in the playoffs to to start the season or pretty close to it, depending on how some of their pieces panned out. And I was, I, none I, of us had them in the playoffs, but none of them. <laughs> All right, well that's awkward. <laughs> you had them eight, man. You were close. You were close. Okay, yeah. So I had them pretty close. I mean, I, maybe I should have had them higher. I think I was like afraid to put them high because of their track record. I think that was part of it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can understand that. But uh, I, I wouldn't really think count out Seattle and just be like, oh, they're they're going in the wrong direction. Like, draws aren't great. Dropping points, always not great. But I don't see this team falling out of a playoff spot, if that's what you mean. No, I'm definitely with you. I just wanted to maybe maybe get a hot take from you if you had one. I don't know if you did. Sounders are dead. Dead. <laughs> um, all right, let's move to the fucking Texas Cup. I forgot there, there's an actual name for this game, but I don't know what it is. It's Houston versus FC Dallas. Um, uh, the Sand Bowl. Yep, the Sand Bowl. Houston versus <laughs> FC Dallas. Um, I think I think I called this my game of the week last week because both teams were top teams in the West playing well. And I'm still not sold on Houston being a good team, even after a 2-1 win over FC Dallas this week. Um, That's a good win. It was a very good win. (laughs) Marlon Minota's brace, um, one of them was a penalty kick that Albert Elise set up by getting fouled in the box. He's always fucking involved. And um, Dominique Baji got one back late for FC Dallas. But Houston um, takes away the win. And... My main thing I got away from this game was out with the least just continues to be a fucking game changer. And Joe Willis was the key in this game. He made a double save in the 42nd minute on a Michael Barrio shot. And then a follow-up shot from Jesus Ferrara that he made a crazy stupid save on. And then and again in the 51st minute, he saved the Brian Acosta line drive shot. So Joe Willis, Albert Elise, you guys saved the Houston Dynamo. So congrats to you. Um, I don't know if you have anything about either of these teams or ended the game or anything, but go right ahead. Um, I don't have a whole lot just to say, like, that's obviously a big game, a big one of the more notable wins, I'd say, for Houston to start off this season. I know, like, they only have one loss, but we had talked about it before. They haven't played the best competition throughout. I mean, they've got Montreal, Vancouver. Colorado, San Jose, I mean, and then their loss came against the Galaxy. So it, it's not like they were tested like crazy good, but I think I think this is a good test actually from them and one that they, they did actually pass. So props to them because they beat a good a good Dallas team. But I'm still not sold on this team being this uh as good as they have their their form has shown. No, I, I'm with you there. I'm not completely sold on Houston, but you can't also deny the record at this point of the season. They're playing well. Stuff. Um, I mean, we're we're like ten. What week ten? Week eleven? Week ten? Some, the- I mean, some teams are on like week three, and some are on like week fifty. <laughs> so, not, it'll, so it's like week twelve ish. It'll so. all even out soon. Don't worry. <laughs> They're uh, on week nine, actually. So. <laughs> they've only, they haven't even played ten games. All right, let's bounce from Western Conference to Eastern Conference. Orlando City hosted TFC, and they got shut out 2 nothing by the Reds. Um, Jonathan Azorio and Jay Campbell scored for TFC. 
Mainly yeah. what I took away from this one was a phenomenal defensive effort from TSE. Chris Mavinga dominated on the field and Westberg, um, the new goalkeeper, I guess, for TFC, recorded his first clean sheet uh, shutout of the season. Um, TFC shut out Dom Dwyer and Nani, which Orlando City's not getting many wins or many points where they should, but shutting them out is also difficult to do. So good on you. Yeah, TFC looks uh, very good, actually, to start the season. I think, I know I had them out of the playoffs, and I think I had them in, like, the bottom three, to be honest. So they have <laughs> proved me wrong very well. You uh, in 11th. I had them in 11th. Yeah, so I had I only had one team better than them. That's kind of depressing. Sorry, <laughs> sorry uh, Toronto fans, because I really fucked that up. But, uh they they look good. They look like a team that is sitting in fourth place right now, and that doesn't that like that seems like an appropriate place for them. Exactly, and for like I said, the Eastern Conference is wide the fuck open, and I'm excited to see who kind of takes reins of that. With DC playing a little down, um, TFC they're getting points without Josie out the door healthy too. So what else can you ask for if you're a, a TFC fan? Let's move. Dude, so if Josie comes back and plays really good. Yo, Josie was banging home goals before he got hurt. That's true. Let's finish up with the last two games of the week. Last two games of the MLS Aces podcast team here. <coughs> Do you want to go with uh, my team or Sam's team? Um, I want to hear you talk about. Hey, both of you guys got some good wins. So yeah. uh, you, you go first with your team. So right. Sam's not here. He doesn't get to go first. <laughs> Sorry, I showed, Sam. I showed up today. Um, <laughs> all jokes. Um, Montreal hosted NYCFC. Uh, NYCFC came out the two nothing win in the sixth minute. Maxi Morales scored, and in the forty ninth minute, Ishmael Tajori Shradi scored with the assist from Maxi Morales. All I have to say is I absolutely fucking love Maxi Morales. He's getting played on the wing right now just because we still don't have uh, Mitrita healthy and fully able to play a full 90 minutes. So I think once Mitrita is completely healthy, Maxi will kind of fall back into the midfield role, which he belongs in. But he's an absolute game changer when he's healthy and he's on the field. A goal and an assist in this one. Like, he is such an underrated player in Major League Soccer, and I just, I just I love the guy. Um, shutting out Montreal also was an awesome fucking accomplishment this week, especially since Montreal is the top team right now in the East. Um, NYCFC in our last six, we are undefeated, three wins and three draws, and we're just moving on up, baby. Sl- slow start to the season, but we're moving <laughs> on up. Honestly, I feel like hey, you guys only have lost one. Yeah, we we season. lost one game. Like that's like, pretty. We like, just threw a shit ton. That's all it was. Yeah, you're like the the anti Tottenham when they had like whatever it was, like an absurd amount of draws in a row. Yeah, and our our only loss was like the Pozuelo debut. So I'm Who, not which was like as like a real not loss. like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually think uh, New York is. Um, I think they're like similar to the fire in a sense. Like they have these really talented guys and sometimes they, they look like amazing and sometimes they can drop points here and there. But honestly, I think they're going to be, they they look good and they look like a playoff team. So 
We're not the same NYCFC that we had when we had David Villa, Jack Harrison, Lampard. Um, you know, like we're not that same NYCFC. But we have a bear. We have Mitrita. We have Maxi. We have Alex Ring. We're still a good fucking team. And I'm sorry I ever doubted you. You know, they honestly did like a little rebuild on the fly, on the fly there, which is actually very impressive. Yeah, I mean, I I love the talent we have, and before the season, like. <laughs> I was wary of the team. I was worried about not having a VO replacement. And I think that was my big worry. And we signed one in a bear and I don't know scoring. He's been banging him in. And he's, he's a game changer. He draws so much attention to himself and opens up so much other shit that I don't know. Like I'm like I said, I was so down on NYCFC to start the season, and I I thought they were gonna completely suck. And maybe that's just my mentality with my teams that I'm just like, oh, we start losing games, we're done because all my favorite sports teams suck. But like, <laughs> I, I I'm thoroughly enjoyed and surprised, and I was completely wrong about NYCFC to start the season. I think it was just the slow start and not having everyone healthy on the field together. Okay, good, good, good. Let's move to Sam's favorite <laughs> team. We'll finish up the week with DC United's 3-1 victory over the Columbus crew. Um, Lucharu made the uh, score sheet in this one. A Luciano Acosta goal in the 27th minute. A Wayne Rooney penalty kick in the 45th minute. Paul Ariola uh, scored a goal in the 61st minute. And the lone goal for Columbus crew came from a Bill Hamid own goal, which was a bobbled corner kick in the 75th minute. Um, we talked about this, it was either last week, two weeks ago, that you and Sam both said that DC United were on like a hot streak, hit LAFC, and like their their confidence was shaken. They're still a good team, but their confidence like a, no, like a reverse hot streak. Yeah, Cold exactly. Streak. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, I'm thinking that with their recent wins, um, they beat Columbus 3-1 and they beat Columbus 1-0 two weeks ago. They lost to Minnesota in the middle of it, but they're still playing Minnesota at home, which is tough over there in Aliens Field. But um, <laughs> DC United, I think they might have, you know, you know, you know that uh, like that old video that came out like when we were in high school, like that that kid on the football team is like, I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That video, like, I think that's DC right now. Honestly, like, if if you're still trying to pawn off losses or bad results from a game that happened six weeks ago, like, nah, they can't use that excuse anymore. (laughs) Like, you got to get the results now. There's no more, like, oh, it was, like, it was a hard game against LAFC a while ago. Like, I'm done with that shit, but they definitely, I think they they, confidence back after that loss. I agree. I mean, they they haven't been perfect since then. They haven't been the same team that started this season, just like in domination mode. But they have looked better. They have they have looked better. And this win versus Columbus, it was actually a very good win. Exactly. And you know what? They play Sporting Kansas City next week, which we talked about them before. I think could be a win. Then you have TFC, Houston. So you had two tough games after that. So let's see, you know, which DC United stands up. Um, let's talk about next week's games. We're actually moving along pretty quickly for, you know, just you and, my, you and me doing this. We're doing um, well. well, honestly, so, it should probably be quicker when there's two than three. 
I mean, you're definitely right. Less opinion. <laughs> but I still I still miss Sam coming in with his little beer comments every, every now and again. And Sam, like, when he reads a tweet and then just, like, tells us how the world works. I, I miss that. Yeah. Sam, explain to me how the U.S. government works. Because I just don't know that. <laughs> He's like, well, one time I read a tweet with my family. And this is how a bill becomes law. Well, well, one time I picked up this like this post-it note that was on the ground on the street. I, I, I don't know. This is it. This is it. <laughs> one time I like read my you know, like grocery store receipt, and you know what? I just figured out how to uh, do calculus. So, d- did enough time pass by where we can talk about Avengers Endgame? Honestly, yeah, I think so. I I, I mean, we just, we just say spoilers abound, but uh, so spoiler alert. Pause. Skip ahead, like. I don't know a minute right now. Like <laughs> I was just, I was just about to say, like Sam walking down the street, he picks up a post-it note, and he's like, "Oh, this is how fucking Iron Man killed Thanos." Like I was just <laughs> totally about to fucking say that before I needed to ask you about it. That's no, I mean I had seen it, but it's for the for the fans. Exactly. Anyway. That's why yeah, he picks it. All right, we we've almost hit our minute, haven't we? But yeah, yeah, right, fuck it. Okay. Basically, Sam just <laughs> picks up shit and figures shit out. Sam figures out Endgame before he even sees it. Um, <laughs> Sam's like, this is how it ends. <laughs> oh, Sam my is, God. Sam is Doctor Strange, fit, like, going through the 14 million, like, ways to do something or whatever. And for my Game of Thrones fans out there, Sam is Bran. But, um, you know, <laughs> is what it is. Uh, let's talk about the games next week, your game to watch. I have a few options on the notes here. But, again, I'm going to say it every week. You don't have to pick from my options. Uh, what's your game of the week? All right, let me. I, I'm looking at the full list here. I know you got a few on there. I mean, I have mine. Um, go. Yeah, you go first. Um, I think TFC hosting the Philadelphia Union is my game of the week. You have both mm-hmm. these teams mm-hmm. playing hot right now, both these teams flying up the Eastern Conference. And I'm excited to see what the Union can do against going on the road against Pozuelo and against an out the doorless TFC team. They're both playing well, and I'm excited to see, you know, like maybe like a 3 2 game here. I still think TFC wins just due to the sheer fact that they're at home, but I'm excited for that one. Um, I'm going to pick New England San Jose for obvious reasons. Hey, don't shit on San Jose right now. I didn't, bro. <laughs> it was just a joke. I, 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 you can't, don't, do not joke about San Jose. San Jose about to beat New England like 7-0. <laughs> um, no, I think... Hmm. <laughs> there's a couple games that I think are interesting. I mean, there's Atlanta United versus Toronto tomorrow. Yep. I think that could that, that be it. Especially because Atlanta is... Starting to look, you know, like they are understanding shit again. <laughs> and Toronto's been pretty solid, like we just talked about. So I think that's a game to watch. Um, and then LA Galaxy, New York City, I think might be pretty interesting. I think you guys have a, have a decent chance there. I don't know, the only reason why I didn't pick that game is because you're going coast to coast. You know, I, I, I hate... That is kind of brutal. I, I don't like picking those games, and I don't think they live up to the hype, especially when you're going, like I said, like the Galaxy went from L.A. to, to New Jersey against the Red Bull. It's a short week. week, too, for the Galaxy. It, it, it's, I don't know. It's, yeah, it, I, you're right. That game's probably not going to be that fun to watch. Also, I mean, it's in it's, New York, so you're going to have to watch that shitty field. It's in L.A., actually. But, you know. It's, it's oh, 
Well, that's awkward. <laughs> you just wanted to shit on the field. That's fine. Um, I also <laughs> I think bring up. if I you want to look at Vancouver Whitecaps hosting the Portland Timbers, both teams starting to find a little bit of form. Um, Cascadia Cup rivalry there could be a fun one to watch. Dallas, New York Red Bulls, too, might be interesting. Yeah. And then Houston, Seattle. So you got you have a actually a decent amount of games to watch. It's a good week. It's it's a very good week. There are some bad games, not gonna <laughs> lie out there. There are some bad games, but there's about four or five games that are Cincinnati Impact probably won't be watching. Hey, hey, Omar Brown's about to go for a hat trick. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants, but I won't see it. I love Omar Brown right now. Um do you wanna go through power rankings or do you wanna just call it a show? Uh, we could do like our top, you know, three or four. All right, fuck it. You do you want me to go or you got it? <laughs> I say we go with our four. Like we we each do one one at a time. All right, I need to pull up a list of teams right here. Got it pulled up. Um, do you have your fourth best team in Major League Soccer? Um, yeah. All right, you hit me with the first then. I think it's the uh, fuck. Maybe I don't. <laughs> I looked at the teams again and I was like, "Wait, that team exists." Okay. <laughs> oh shit! No, that one exists now. I'm gonna go with the uh, Houston Dynamo. Okay, I Houston just fell outside my top four, but I have the Philadelphia Union as my fourth best team in Major League Soccer. Ah, I have. Okay, so that makes me go three. This kind of works, so I have the Union at third. And my third place team, <laughs> I'm going to have to say, is the Seattle Sounders. Mm, interesting. They they just missed for me. I was between them and Houston for the for the uh, four spot, but the form just it's a power ranking. So yeah, I but feel they signed Joven Jones though. I mean, they're the better team. I I I believe, but. I don't think the uh, the form has has shown it, at you, least for the power rankings. You didn't listen to me. They signed Jovan Jones. I mean, allegedly. Uh, okay, you're you're right about that. <laughs> allegedly signed Jovan Jones. Uh, who's, who's your two team? My two is the Galaxy. My two is the Galaxy as well, and I'm going to guess both of our ones are LAFC. Yeah, LAFC is number one. So LA is, I think last time we did a power rankings, it was just you and I, and we both had LAFC as one as well. So LAFC is still continuing to fucking dominate the MLS season. The Galaxy right on their asses. So, you know, I mean, I don't think it's any surprise, really. LAFC should be everyone's number one. No, exactly. It's just MLS runs through LA right now. You know, it just, it is, it it is what it is right there, but (laughs) you know, Hey, as long as we don't have to play them or have to see, deal with them proceeding in the Eastern Conference, I'm happy. That's true. You know, we we're fuck up their own conference. <laughs> we we avoid that shit. Like I'm I'm pumped for El Trafico. I uh, I am pumped for El. When's the that that hasn't happened yet this season? No, that ha- we haven't had one. Oh, that's gonna be good. Okay, I'm looking, I'm looking for when it is. I'm looking for when it is. I probably could just Google it, but I have all these games open up, so I'll just like run down the schedule. Uh, you, what the hell? Do they just not do it? Uh, you find that. I'm going to read the two ads we have to do. Yeah, re- read so, the sponsors. MLS Aces episode 102. I have to thank our sponsors. This first, send a thanks to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press, the best choice 
um, for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for yourself, your organization, your team. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of any other place at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thank you to Roughneck Scarves. It's R-U-F-F, um, not the other rough spelling. Uh, official scarf supplier to Major League Soccer, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get custom scarves for you, your group, your team at roughneckscarves.com. Did you find the... the yeah, um, they play uh, July 19th. Is, is a, Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, they played July 19th. That's the first one. Why so late in the season? I don't know, man. I kept scrolling. I was like, am I for real right now? Did I miss it? I got to find it somewhere. (laughs) And then they play August 25th. Okay, whatever. We have to wait. Yeah, we have to wait quite a while. That's kind of unfortunate. They really should schedule that better. So there's like actually, I don't know. No. should be better. All right. (laughs) That's it. Episode 102. Thank you guys for listening. Sam Sam might be back next week. We'll see. We miss Uh, you, Sam. At Thursday, check. This is coming out Tuesday. Thursday, check out an episode of the To Be Decided named uh, soccer podcast between the three of us. Jason, you're the host. Yeah, it's going to be good. We're going to talk a lot. A lot of Liverpool, I guess. No, 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 no. We're gonna talk a lot of Champions League. We got. We will have. A, we'll have another game to talk about then. And a lot of Liverpool. Uh, and a lot of Premier League. Unfortunately, yeah, I mean that's the only thing going on right now is Premier League, Champions League, and Bundesliga too. I mean, is that really like a competition? After- All right, we'll get into that. Next we'll time. get into that a different podcast. Thank you guys <laughs> for listening. Bye bye.